Hello and welcome to this week's GG Weekend Watch, kindly sponsored by Bet UK. Well, hopefully this weekend we'll have more runners than we had last weekend, which did throw us up some strange results. But hopefully we have more to go to war with this weekend. And I'll be looking ahead to all of the action in the company of Andrew Mount and Daryl Carter, who had a good time with things last weekend, considering the funny results that we had. Because Zanza won at 16 to 1 for Daryl, just to kickstart us. Credit where credit is due. And then just for Daryl to double up then. Bunnable Savola winning at 7-1 to one as Daryl's nap. Yorksie, I had to get a little bit in there. Placed at least at 20-1 to one for me. And then Theatre Glory did win at 4-7 in the end because of Love Envoy obviously coming out to being a late non-runner. Also tipped up by Daryl. So ideal. More 7-1 to one nap winners, please, Daryl. No pressure. Mm -hmm. And we will kickstart at Ascot. This is with the grade 2 Reynolds Sound Novices Chase Sport. Five rods and over over just shy of three miles at 150 at Ascot. So Daryl winning Napster, would you like to kick us off? Yeah, this is horrendous, isn't it? This race. <laughs> I know I, I am. That. that wonderful positive intro, and that's what you give me. <laughs> yeah, I'll get more positive as we go through the card. But um, you have got a point, though. <laughs> yeah, I, I know Andrew loves a uh, bold endeavour, so I'm sure he'll be all over him. Um, <laughs> I, this is this is strange. I don't know if bold endeavour is going to st well, stay three miles. Uh, he's got stamina to prove for me a little bit. Um, there's there's only two real genuine stayers over three miles in this contest one of them is kindo quito the other is oscar elite but oscar elite's now an eight an eight chase race maiden and uh it's been in the doldrums a little bit I'm, i mean the small field might help him a little bit more here but uh, i mean you're braving the meter so i'll take a chance with him so i thought that just by process of elimination that kindo quito would be the one to take on the favorite with um it, they've, they've kept him fresh he's been off 118 days which you could question but it's because of the ground they didn't they don't think he wants winter soft ground so they've kept him fresh he's got his ground um right-handed is best for him he jumps slightly right anyway when going left-handed so back this way round, i think he's got a good chance to rack up what was that five, that'd be a five time on it yeah i was literally just trying to count up the ones then one two three seven. four five six seven timer seven timer yeah i think i think he's got a good, good as chance as any Wow, right. Cananda Quetu for the seven-timer for Daryl Andrew. Are you siding with the aforementioned Bold Endeavour? Uh, I better do because I put him up in the weekend uh, on um, Wednesday as a bet at 15 to 8 because I suggested that the original market leader wouldn't run because of the fast ground. That's turned out correct. So 15 to 8 has now become 6 to 4 on, which is great. But then you look at it, you think, well, hang on a minute. Um, Cananda Quetu is 6 from 6 over 2 miles 6 or further. Um, guaranteed to stay. I mean, Bold Endeavour won a point. That doesn't tell you much because that could have been, you know, two horses dossing around at uh, no miles an hour. He did pull up on his sole rules outing uh, over three miles, but he had excuses that day, finish lame and uh, in grade one company at Aintree. So I, I think he'll probably win. He'll probably win quite easily. He was very impressive at Leicester on his um, stable debut and again at Doncaster, despite losing ground by jumping out to his right. It's uh, pretty much every fence on the left-handed track. Uh, but I was, I'm, I'm happy with you know my my bet as it stands on board endeavour. But in my place, but I will be sticking all for it because the uh, favourites haven't got the greatest record in this race. I think uh, we've only had one winning favourite out the last nine, and in the last nine years, um, seven times the favourite was out of the out of the place pot positions. So uh, yeah, just if you're having a place pot, stick all for it and hope for an upset. I hope, I hope I get beat. <laughs> and hope that you get beat from what you tipped up earlier yeah. on yeah you you've put yourself between a bit of a rock and a hard place or a win-win situation actually to be fair if uh if bold endeavor does go and win but all four of them potentially in your play spot right it's another grade two up next set hey up with the rendlesham hurdle four five rods and over over three miles at 205 looks an open enough contest andrew so who do you fancy 
Yeah, it's a funny old one, this, isn't it? Um, I mean, this time of year, you, you often um, sort of can be, rely on sort of typical Haydock, soft or heavy going. Doesn't look to be the case uh, this time around. It, there was originally plenty of rain forecast for Saturday. That, that seems to have disappeared now. But it's good to soft water and Kirkland Tellwright's in charge. So it could be anything from firm to heavy. So, uh, yeah, take, take your pick. You'd like to watch the earlier races before getting involved in this one. Um, I was I was looking at were cool to run well at a big price here when, when you ran in that um, Musselburgh race last time out the uh, the Pertems qualifier the pace held up big field that day thirteen round but you stopped the race after a flight or two the winner the second and third are in first second and third place you know including a forty to one shot in the second and um, so Wakul has finishing fourth has done best of those who were ridden patiently and I thought he might run some sort of race you know around about the sixteen to one mark wasn't usually usually taken with Urn River, Only River, um, wind up for the first time, never won at the trip. You know, plenty of question marks about the you know five to two and eleven to four shot. So um, and Green Booker I want I wanted to take on. He's uh, five from eleven in handicaps and um, flat and jumps. Non-handicap company zero from nine. And uh, after uh, that that Sandown race he won last time out that grade three handicap hurdle. He won that um, the previous season as well and then bombed out at this meeting next time. So uh, uh, I just think he might take a backward step and Sandown was always the aim for him. So, yeah, backing Wackle at a big price, taking on Green Book was my way into this race. Oh, Wackle's 16 to 1 and taking on Green Book, who's currently at 9 to 2, and also the favourite, Earn River, at 11 to 4, who is the current market leader. But Wackle for Andrew, Dara, how are you playing it? Yeah, I had Wackle on my shortlist as well, but it was actually headed by Green Book. So, I'm going to stick with Green Book. I wanted to take Earn River on, look, like Andrew. I thought his stamina was a little bit suspect at Doncaster, a track that he's a specialist at last time. So, uh, I didn't. I, I can't see, I don't know why he's such a short price to be honest. Um, Green Book, yeah, I thought you could easily forgive that first run back at Chepstow. Um, it was a long time off the track, it was the longest time he's had off the track. He was on the go quite a bit last season. Um, Sandown obviously would have been the target. Uh, I know he bombed out in this race last year, but I think it just might have been the combination of heavy ground and three miles. He, he handled heavy ground over two miles fine, but that was the first time he was being tried over such a distance on such ground. So I think he wants good ground. I think his form figures read pretty well. Uh, one, nine, five, one, one. The fifth was at, uh, in the Albert Bartlett. Um, so I think he's got the strongest form on offer. I think he's in form. I think we'll see a better green book than we saw last year at this sort of time. Um, yeah, I think I don't think there's too much wrong with him, to be honest. So uh, green book for me. Cool. Matter of opinions this game, isn't it? And then two very differing opinions on Green Book chances on Saturday. So looking forward to that in the Rendlesham. Right, so there's a proper betting heat up next with the Swinley. Handicap chase at 2.25. Now, this is a premier handicap for five rods and over, over just shy of three miles. So who wins it, Daryl? Oh, I'm hoping Dorkin Lab will win it. Oh, okay. He's yeah, a fairly, fairly big price, around 25 yeah. to 1, I think. Um this is highly competitive, of course it is. Like you can make cases for loads of these. Captain Nord being one, Revels Hill, da uh, Danny Kerwin, Phoenix Wade, like Sporting John, loads of them. Um, but I just think this horse is is unexposed. I think he's been missed by the market a little bit as well. Because he unseated his rider at Kempton at the first last time. Um, so he got no further than first. He quickly turned out eight days later. Um, he absolutely dotted up at Kempton in November. Like really, really won well. Um, I was quite taken aback by it. It was it was easily a career best performance from him. Um, and he, he'd always been threatening to to want a stiffer stamina test. And uh, I think three miles will really suit him. Last, in November, he chased home um, Freya Darms at Kempton as well. I mean, he does like Kempton. I would prefer this at Kempton, but we're not there. Uh, Freya Darms, he chased home Freya Darms <laughs> and Haddock's Desobo. 
Alex Dezobo is now rated 146, 20 pounds higher in handicap. Fred Arms is 16, 17 pounds higher. And he, he came from like deep in midfield and he was just staying on really strongly. Even crossing the line, you sort of don't know how he's going to finish third. And, 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 he, and he stayed on really, really well. I just think he's been crying out to go up and trip. I think he wants a stamina test. I think he's um I think he's by Sholokov, the same as like Shishkin. So um mm. I'm with Shishkin later. So hopefully that 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 turns out to be true that they do want the stamina test. Uh and his rider claims five pounds off him. So I just think he's really well handicapped and uh, he's unexposed at the trip. He's only an eight-year-old. I think he'd go well. 25 to one is too big. That form has really worked out well, hasn't it? That November Kempton handicap chase. God, I've, I've just as you were speaking then, I was going through it all, and my goodness, it really is. So, yeah, Sholokov, uh, Sholokov, God, who am I siding with him here? Dorking Lad, then, 25 to 1 is a very fair price for Daryl Andrew. Who do you like? Yeah, funny old race. Um, I mean, I thought Captain Nord was short enough at the top of the market at 9 to 2, given that he's won just once from his last 18 starts. That, of course, was the, um, the big Kempton race next Saturday. The, race that was formerly the Racing Post Chase. So he's entered in that still. So I'm not quite sure what the plan is, whether to run in both or where he's coming here instead of that one. And maybe they're aiming Kitty's light at that one, although both ran it last year. But yeah, given his um, recent strike rate, uh, I think you've got to take him on at this price. Revels Hill needs it softer. He's got cheap pieces on for the first time. I thought he was vulnerable. Uh, Lascarlin, what I thought was the strongest of those at uh, single figures. Danny Kerwin's still got to prove that he can prove conclusively that he stays a stiff three miles in a strongly run race. I did think he's kind of like a play spot horse because he, you know, he's got a good record at Ascot. I think it's two wins, two seconds from five starts. And uh, even if he doesn't quite last term, he'll probably be in the first three or four. Uh, Felix Way, we talked about, has a great record in January. I think he's unbeaten in January prior to that fourth at Cheltenham last month. That track really wouldn't have been ideal. Um, so we're not exactly far from his peak time of year. Uh, he's a course winner. I thought um, this track would suit him better than Cheltenham and um, Felix Way could sneak into the frame. He's uh, 7 to 1 from 10 to 1 since I started looking at this race about 11 o'clock this morning. Um, Neon Moon was half interesting, comes from the back of the field, got there too soon at Taunton last time, just got chinned. I think he traded at 101 in running. It's all sharp track form, though, so whether Ascot's going to suit, he hasn't run here before, remains to be seen. One True King had a squeak for um, Twisted Davis Yard at 16s. And Sporting John has won first time after a wind up previously, albeit over hurdles. He's back from wind surgery this time, but he's something of an enigma, and I don't think I could bring myself to back him. So Darrell makes a good case for Dorking Lab, but it you know, might be an afterthought after that um, unseat. The Wolf's a small field merchant. Noctoval Artists um, you know, might be out of his class here. And Regal Encore, the 15-year-old, my goodness. Uh, wouldn't it be great to see him run a good race before being retired, but been saying that for the last two years every time he runs at Haydock. So, Isn't it interesting that Aiden... Aiden Coleman's on him. Yeah, Aiden Coleman's on him instead of uh, instead of Sporting John. Isn't that's quite interesting, isn't it? Yeah, who's on Sporting John? So it's oh, it's yeah. Yeah. Mm. So um, yeah, um, to cut a very long story short, I'm just going to go for I, I think sort of last Scarlin. I think for the uh, Venetia Williams yard, but uh, Luke's mildly progressive compared to the rest of them and. Uh, is at the right age of the um, right end of the age range. So uh, tricky old racer. I was enjoying that long story. That was comprehensive <laughs> rundown. Every single horse we've gone through there for either a positive or a negative for well, this. I didn't, I didn't mention Farinet. So I thought Farinet, so there's your winner. 
<laughs> yeah, there you go. The one horse you didn't mention, the other Venetia Williams also come along and and capture Laskalin then on the running. Now, I thought when I the first market I looked at, it had it priced up with Captain Nord's favourite from Phoenix Way, and I thought that the market had it completely spot on. Now I'm looking at, at a whole load of other markets, and they've got Phoenix Way, like I say, backed in from 10 to 1 into 7 to 1. So I was completely between the pair of these two. I literally could not decide between Captain Nord and Phoenix Way. There's so little to separate them. And I think that the pair of them are going to be ridden similarly here as well, see, with their hold-up style, or at least taking a lead into mid-division. So I'll, I'll back both anyway, because um, uh, if I sided with one, I'd just end up picking the wrong one. But for the purposes of this podcast, I'm going to hope that Captain Nord, this has been then the target for him. Back on his last winning mark, which, as you say, Andrew, did come in that aforementioned super competitive Coral Trophy handicap chase at Kempton, where admittedly he was aided by the pace burner on that occasion but he hasn't been seen quite in that order subsequently yet last time that was a major bounce back form for him finished second in the sky bet and i just think it's very interesting that he is here and he is also ended up in the kempton race as you say whereas last year they went sky bet to kempton but is he trying to win this and get a penalty for the early closer then for next weekend's race i i don't know i don't know what they're trying to do here but for the purposes of this, of this podcast captain Ord, but i will also be backing phoenix way now that i've seen his price there right stay us to the four in our next race this is the grand national trial handicap chase now a premier handicap for five rods and over over three mile four at 240 at haddock 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 now uh not necessarily the usual conditions we tend to expect for this race admittedly andrew so who are you siding with yeah funny old um race this time isn't it it's not run on heavy ground last season we had three finishes uh, one of those was um, Time to Get Up, who's uh, the same price this time around, 33 to 1, third promoted to second. Pulled up in the Welsh National last time, but we've seen horses like um, a sort of Cyclop and um, Django uh, pulled up in that race, win already this month. So um, that was a real gruelling test. I wouldn't be surprised to see him do better. He won't mind this sort of ground as well. If the good to soft description is accurate, don't hold your breath. Um, uh, you know, Cloudy Glenn's been off for 385 days, but of course we've seen how well he can go fresh. And uh, I thought he could um, run a race at a big price, 20s from 25s for Venetia Williams. Fortescue, I was a bit going, you didn't go for the Ascot race. Um, I think they've come here looking for softer going. But he's a horse who uh, tends to do his winning in fields of nine or fewer runners, maybe 11 or fewer. Put him in anything bigger, he tends to um, get you know, crowded, drop back, and then come again when the field thins out later. So he's not for me. Um, Quick Wave is another one who was pulled up in the Welsh National last time. Uh, and yet another Venetia Williams horse. He could go all, all right. Bristol de Mayo can't have him on the mind. 12-year-old on this ground, you know, he's uh, under 12 still. I know he loves the track, but you know, that, was a, that was a long, old time ago, wasn't it? He was promoted to If you look at the role of honour in this race in recent years, says he won it last year. He didn't. He finished second by seven lengths and uh, was promoted to first after they um, subsequently chucked out the uh, the winner for some offence or other. And Fontaine Collange had some market, and um, he was only fourth to remastered at Campton last time, but they've gone too quick in that race. You know, I think he's the only one of the first seven home who've um, raced prominently in the early stages, so I thought he'd run a good race. I, I did tip that one of the weekend. I'll go Fontaine Collange, but uh, it's a bit of a minefield. It is, isn't it? Five to one, then Fontaine Collange for Andrew Darrow. Who do you like? Yeah, no real strong opinion, to be honest. Uh, Bristol DeMar did win that Betfair chase, though, on good ground when everyone said he couldn't win it. Um, in 2018. Yeah, I know, yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't like him anyway, Andrew, don't worry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm, I like I'm, I'm not worried. 
if, if you if you tip them, might get a shorter price when we're loan for a place. I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> um, the one I like is the one I like is Cloudy Glen two for two at Haydock. Uh, form figures of one 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 four one. Uh, fresh this could be like a bit of a, a spin before going to the grand national or something like that so i wouldn't go in too hard but i, I thought uh, he was the most interesting runner in the race for me um sean quinlan's down to ride but he's also down to ride at ascot as well so i don't quite know what's going on with that either um but but cloudy glen was the one that made most appeal he's a horse you want to catch fresh uh obviously won the elaborate trophy last year in good style he stays all day he, he doesn't mind what the ground does and uh he'll do for me yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, with these jockeys at the minute? I guess so many of them, I heard an interview there earlier on with Gavin Sheehan earlier in the week to say, well, you're just looking at the ground to see where you're going to go, what horses are even going to run. So there'll be double jockings up of, of a whole load of jockeys. But yeah, Sean Quinn along Cloudy Glen at the minute at 20 to 1, his current price. Over the smaller obstacles at Ascot now, this is a handicap hurdle for four-year-olds and over over two mile three at three o'clock. Another open race here, Daryl, so who wins it? Oh, sorry, I'm just watching Hidden Valley Lake. <laughs> oh, no, give us a running commentary because you two can you see the screen where first? I am. I can't see any screen. I haven't been odds on. He's um, being swamped. This horse just finds, though, doesn't he? He finds and finds and finds. I don't think it's been ideal that he's had to make all of his own running. He, he's narrowly ahead, but you've got his uh, stable mate, Monty Star, right up on his shoulder. Is he on the inside because it's not been the place to be at Clonmel this afternoon? No, he is finding plenty, though. You sure? Or oh, is he snatched at that last? I've got the drones, Daryl. I'm about three seconds ahead of you. He's lost. <laughs> is he finding? Is he finding plenty? Isn't he? Go on, get over that blast, boy. And they've washed down and weighed in already. You're behind. <laughs> He's been headed again. God, they're going toe to toe here. He's been beat. You've He's got to get those drone oh. pictures, Daryl. They're only a tenner of meeting. Yeah. By Monty Sorry. Star. Sorry? By who? By Monty Star. Yeah, Monty yeah. Star was a fifty to one chance for the um, but before that. There, the three of them have been finished in a bit of a blanket finish. To be fair, I don't think that was ideal for him and Valley Lake to be making his own run in there, but he does look slow as an old boat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so potential implications there as live on this podcast for the Albert Bartlett. You wish you had got 50 to one then about Monty Star before I that. Did have, but, I did have 20 quid at 50s just in case he did was impressive. But Oh, well done. See, you're, you're crossing over your podcast now, Daryl. you got your Cheltenham one. It's fluidly moving into your Ascot preview now for Saturday and everything else. So well done for being so um, <laughs> flexible with it. <laughs> um, right. What did you say? Three o'clock Three o'clock at Ascot. Yeah. Three o'clock. Right. Um, on with uh, Petit Tonnerre, um, fourteen to one. I just think, I think he's his performance at Newbury has been a little bit underappreciated. Um, he was trying. He's a four-year-old. He's very inexperienced. He was trying to give weight to Red Risk, who went and was narrowly beaten next time in the Lanzarote Hurdle when half the field didn't finish. Petit Tonnerre went off fourteen to one, I think, for the for the uh, Lanzarote. He was obviously ha badly hampered by that four at the start. Um, could obviously run no sort of race, so. He basically didn't run there. He's coming here. Um, I think he's the best horse in the race. I think he's more importantly, I think he's more, I don't think he's well handicapped, but I think he's solid to run to his rating. Mm. Uh, whereas I, I think a lot of these you have to question about whether they can or, or, or not. Um, so I just thought this might be a good opportunity for him to at least run into the frame at a double figure price. Um, he's improving. He's only had eight starts. They'd be shocked if there's not more to come from Petit Tonnerre. So uh, yeah, he might need some relent from the handicapper, but I'm sure he can run into a place here for a couple of figures. 14 to 1. Petit tonnerre for Daryl, Andrew. But question marks about a whole load of these for him. Do you agree? 
Yeah, I agree that it's very tricky and that it might be uh, it might be better to think outside the box a little bit with this one. I've sort of previewed this for a, a place pot piece and I was just um, looking to put four in. One of those is 50 ball, who's two from two at Ascot uh, over hurdles. Uh, would have needed his comeback run when um, pulled up in the Lanzarote. He was 33 to one that day. Thibo or Thibault is a horse we've um, sort of talked about a lot previously, particularly arguing over the pronunciation. Which uh, I'm very sure you, you, you got right and I got very wrong. <laughs> he, 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 was, he was second to 80 to one in this race two years ago. He's, he's often run well um, in, a, in big fields, off hopefully a strong pace. And uh, when, when he's been brought back to the track within three weeks of a previous run, he's won five of his 20 starts in the frame and another six of them. And you're back in blind of those conditions, you make almost 40 quid to a pound. I was going for a silly five reach way at him, but I got bet max to four pound 55 each way. So. Uh, that's uh, that's my sort of lottery ticket style bet um, this weekend. Hom uh, Public was the, the other one on the shortlist. Um, you look at his record on good ground in Britain or Ireland, or sorry, good to soft or faster ground. Um, it, it was a, an unplaced effort in the Fred Winter a couple of years ago and then three wins. So uh, he's got his ground conditions. And Supreme Gift only won a class four novices hurdle like Catrick last time out. But I was quite impressed by that uh, for Henry Daly's charge. Uh, he's got some reasonable speed figures. He won't have to improve massively to, to get in contention on his handicap hurdle debut. So I'll go for the purpose of this um, video um, stroke podcast. I'll go Thibaut each way, 33 to 140 to one or thereabouts. Could go off a lot bigger, so try and get on BOG if you can. Go 40 to one about Thibaut, named after, well, I don't actually know if he's named after Thibaut Courtois, but uh hopefully it is anyway because that would be pretty cool the belgian goalkeeper of course andrew so <laughs> oh yeah of course i mean there's yeah that's i have to remember that for the um you know name three famous belgians quiz <laughs> who, who else have you got hercule poirot hercule poirot um, uh, james ensor um the painter um and then uh, yeah out, outside of sport is uh, there's not much going on there is it no, there, there really isn't. Yeah, we, we've kind of, we've kind of hit a roadblock there. Really, Daryl, can you add any other famous? Well, Belgian I would just, I would just start naming the Belgian football team. That's all yeah. I would do. Yeah, that's exactly the way I was going. Our, our difference between our backgrounds, I think, is slowly coming to the fore. Yeah, any other famous <laughs> Belgians? Let us know in the comments, and we'll, we'll sure to read them. Uh, right, we head over to Encanton now for the Grade Two Kingwell Hurdle, four four-year-olds and over, over a mile seven at three twelve. Now it was meant to be three forty-two. Now at three twelve, only four runners here. Daryl, how are you playing this? Yes, it's very, very difficult, isn't it? These are like all the same horse, aren't they? The, the top three, um, they're, they're, they're very similar. Um, First Street's had Nappers Hill in behind most recently at, uh, at Cheltenham behind Marie's Rock. Um, I like to move it. It's been behind Nappers Hill a couple of occasions. The market's got it right. I think it's a bit of a coin toss between the, between the top two. Global Citizen is probably having a prep run for um, for maybe going back to the Grand Annual or something. I, I don't know. Um, I, do you know what? I kind of just I thought Nappers Hill might be a bit more suited to this track than First Street, in all honesty. Um, it, it goes well here. He's, he's, a, he's a fast horse, but I wouldn't be able to play this race until I'd see them line up because I like front runners at Wincanton and obviously Global Citizen's going to be that front runner. I don't think you're going to be able to keep hold of him. Um, so it'd just be interesting to see how this sort of set, sets up over the first couple of hurdles. I haven't got a strong opinion, Kate, to be honest. It's, uh, I mean, they're very short prices anyway, so you're not minding missing out on anything, I don't think. No, exactly. Like you say, when you've got a race of this nature and they're all much of a much just in the price, there's no real hiding places, is there, for to finding those value or that bit of value? Uh, Andrew, how are you playing it? Um, not very well because I looked at the 3:42 and then um, didn't realise they'd swapped the times around. I was thinking 
Why have they got this fairly modest um, <laughs> handicap chase on TV? Although it is a much more interesting race than, uh, than, the, than the Kingwell. Um, yeah, I thought I liked to move it was flatter than the Great Wood because um, they, they missed hurdles out, didn't they? Or they went round hurdles. It was, this track was very narrow, seemed to be difficult to come from off the pace. And uh, uh, so you, you perhaps prove that theory to hold some water when only six next time out went behind First Street in Marie's Rocks race. Um, so I'll, I'll go. I'll go first street, but I'm, you know, just as a token selection, but I'm not, uh, not going to have a bet of the race. No, we're not overly fussed about the Kingwell hurdle in, in all reality. It's not really going to have too many bearings on the champion hurdle than itself, unless you're looking for a third place finisher, really. Um, and even then it might be struggling. Right, Ascot though, uh, final scheduled race is a good one. And this is a great one. Betfair Ascot chase for five rods and over, over two mile five at 335. Potential Ryanair implications though from this race and what is a very modelling picture now of Alaho out of that contest. But this is fascinating, Andrew. So how are you playing it? Yeah, this is uh, a cracker, isn't it? Intriguing race. Um, the big question being how will Shishkin run um, first time wind up, new um, headgear coming up on the back of two disappointing efforts, pulling up in the, uh, the Queen Mother and then uh, finishing third to Edward Stone at the Jingle Creek. You know, watching brief. You know, and there's going to come a point where you think, hmm, you know, he's, he's going to get to a sufficiently big price, you know, despite the new trip and all, all the doubts that you might think uh, I'll, I'll throw a couple of quid at him. I'll go with Fakir Duderi. He's a, a big fan of this horse over two and a half miles. He's six from 10 over sort of two mile three to two mile five. When he started as the favourite in those races, he's six from six. Um, you know, you could argue that um, he might not have won last time out uh, had there not been a late faller. I'm, I'm not so sure because he was uh, staying on well. We'll obviously never know. But say six from six when favourite around this trip, he heads the market at seven to four. And it's, uh, yeah, it's a fascinating race. But I think the seven to four is just a little bit too short to bet with confidence, given that you don't know what's going to happen with Shishkin. Miller's Bank's coming back from a wind up and, you know, first flow could run a race at, um, you know, a big price as well. So it's, uh, yeah, it's a fascinating race to watch, but not for betting purposes for me. No, so not for betting purposes, but really looking forward to it for Andrew Darrell. Are you any more cold blooded about this race from a betting point of view? Yeah, I am. Yeah, I am. <laughs> um, uh, I, I think, I got. I think Fakir Dowderis is a dreadful price, really. I, th he, I thought he would have been well beat. I tipped him at Dallas. I thought he was going to be well beat by Hatan Kalur that day. He absolutely fell in in this race last year. I tipped him for this race last year as well. He absolutely fell in against two for gold. <laughs> like that's not going to be good enough to win this. I, I mean, look, he's only an eight-year-old, but he's uh, he's been around a long, long time. Um, I just don't think he's operating at the same level as he once was, and I think this ground is probably on the quick side for him as well. So I'm going to take him. I'm going to take him on. Um, Pick Dory's the horse with everything in his favour. I just feel like he's been really well placed. Um, I don't think the form is that strong. Three starts ago, he's beaten Kisses for Katie by one and a half lengths. Mm -hmm. I just think I know he's improving, but I, and he loves good ground. But I just think even this extra furlong that is going to stretch his stamina. I don't think he wants it. I think if anyone wants a stiffer test than they've already been getting, really, it's probably Miller's Bank and Shishkin. I think if Shishkin doesn't run his race, I think Miller's Bank might pick up the pieces. I think he might be able to reverse form a pick Dory. He's had a wind operation. He's quite interested at a price. Um, but I am with Shishkin. Um, I, he's the class act in the race. Like I think people have written him off far too soon. And I think the step up and trip, he's been crying out for it. Like I do. I, this is a horse that he was very similar to Altior. Like, I, I loved Altior. Um, but I always thought that he wanted to go further, and I didn't. I, I just thought, you know, these horses when they hit these flat spots, I just, I just, I'm not having they're just hitting flats. I'm having the fact that they're flat out. 
you know, and then they, they can't go go the gallop. Shishkin does hit a bit of a flat spot here and there. The, the slight concern is I don't know why they're running him right-handed again. He jumps out to the left a little bit, and he, like, he wants to go back left-handed to see the best of him, I think. But I don't think he's going to need to be at his best to win this. I think the step-up trip could bring out improvement. Nicky Henderson's got a great record with wind-ops and tongue-ties first time. You've only got to forgive the... I didn't even think the return run in the Tingle Creek was that bad, to be honest, considering he had a back injury last year. He would have spent half the time off the track between his pulled-up effort in, in the, at Cheltenham and his return effort, recovering from that back injury. Um, I just I just think you don't have to forgive that much for him. I think this has been blown out of proportion quite a bit, and I think he'll love going that half a stride slower. I think it'll take a world of beating. I can't believe he's... Well, I can't believe he's 11-4, but I think he should take 11-4. Oh, 11 to 4 them, actually. You did tee that up earlier on for us. So this this race does revolve around Shishkin. We're all, we've all said that and we're all admitting that, that this entire race is, as judged on, what Shishkin is nowadays. And if any of those scars of any of those ailments he was suffering with beforehand have left any sort of a mark on him. So for that reason, I'm Simon Fakidudri. I agree that the ground is on the quick side for him. I also agree he would have been beaten. I know a few people have made the case that, oh no, he wouldn't have been beaten. Um, he was actually coming back there. He's staying on the whole while at Thurley's in the horse and jockey hotel chase there but for Horton Collar to fall then but uh but for me he's so consistent yes he's been very heavily raced for his age kind of we're in the manner of races he's been running in but this has just been the plan for him I wonder if they're tempted with the Ryanair but I think that's they're still sticking to plan A at the minute to go to this and then go to Aintree as well and for me he's just the consistent one rather than pick Dory I mean he may well get his uncontested lead pick Dory here on the front end make all but I think that's what he really needs Shishkin's got for me he's got more answers uh, questions to have to answer anyway I just wonder if it's just left that scar I don't even know if first blow is going to run here because the ground's going to be on the quick side. Likewise, Miller's bank. Um, so for me, if this race does fall apart, then Fakir Dudery, he's solid. He hasn't let me down. So I'm being loyal to dear old Fakir Dudery. Right, Andrew, or yeah, Andrew, I'll go back to you, please. But anything from anywhere else? Um, the first race at Ascot, so the 120 Attica. Mm -hmm. um, very impressive when beating Mr. Chewy, Master Chewy, I should say, at... Um, Cheltenham in December, uh, he jumped supremely, but not seen a, a horse hurdle that well for a long time, and just kept pulling, just kept gaining lengths at his uh, hurdles. And I thought he'd uh, he'd take some passing, but uh, now that Authorized Speed doesn't, I, I thought if Authorized Speed ran, we might get a price about him, but he's probably going to be pretty short. Yeah. So Attica then in the one twenty Ascot for Andrew Darrell. Yeah, uh, I was going to mention Attica as well, but well done, Andrew, for flagging that one up. Uh, at 103, Lingfield, lost in time. Hood blinking combination last time. Um, brought out a bit more. Uh, been falling in the handicap. It's only his second start in Class 6. I think uh, he could go where he was denied a clear path last time. In a 138 at Lingfield, floating spirits, a really nice horse. Probably going to be very short in the market, but definitely one to have a look at. Looks a really, really nice horse for Andrew Bolden. In a 248 at Lingfield, Aaron Miss Gray has been knocking on door. Probably Again, probably going to be a short price. Um, I think uh, there's a horse in there, I can't remember the name of it now, it's going to make the market, so you might get a fair price for Aramis Gray. In a 232 at Wincanton, flagrant Dilatiep, surely the best handicapped horse in the race, this. Um, tends to run poorly before the turn of the year, but then afterwards, from January to March, form figures are 3 1 2 2 2 1 2 3. Um, Returns to his scene of his last win, and his form figures at Wincanton resulted in two wins, three sec uh, two wins, four seconds, and fourth. So I think he'll go well. Lots to go out then from Lingford and Wincanton for Daryl. Andrew, you've got another one. Yeah, I've got one more. I've got to mention Imphal at uh, Ascot in the 410. 
Uh, last time we ran here was in December um, 2021 over course and distance, bumped into uh, Ard Hill, Gordon Elliott, uh, Plotty, Cheaty Horse, who, uh, who, who duly landed a, a big uh, on-course uh, punt when they hit the exchanges and the on-course bookies at the same time. Uh, sixes into fours late. That was a really good effort. He's then gone to Wing Canton. He's won despite the ground being too slow for him. And then uh, he won. The, he came second in the, uh, the final of the Challenger Series at Haydock in May. This is a Challenger qualifier. I think we're going to see a lot more from him, assuming the good going description is correct. So, yeah, info the full to Ascot. Like it a lot. Right, Daryl, your nap, please. Um, um, I'm going to go Dorking Lad in a 2.25. Like it then. Dorking Lad at a big price for Daryl. Andrew. Uh, I mean, or in between uh, Attica at a short price, Bold Endeavour at a short price, but I'll go in file uh, in that 410 Ascom. I like it a lot. I like to say we don't have prices at the current time of recording, but he's likely to be a pretty decent price himself. So I'm going to completely counter out the pair of you with your decent prices because I can't decide between Captain Ord and Phoenix Way. So I'm going to go back in Doodery <laughs> in the 335 at for my solid horse. Watch Shishkin come and pick him up and lift him and then half in price for the Ryanair. Oh, God, I hope not. Right. That is all of our naps then and everything else from the lads for this weekend. Thank you so much to Andrew and to Daryl for all of their hard work. Thank you to you for watching. Thank you to our sponsors, Bet UK. And we'll catch up with you again next week.